Well, what's going on, Coastal Community Church? How you guys doing this morning? You guys doing good? Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is TJ. I'm one of the pastors here. We're so glad you're joining us. And Happy New Year, everybody. Okay, that, that did not go very well here in Parkland. I don't know about at Lighthouse Point, but let, let's try that one more time. Happy New Year. So much better. So glad that you guys are joining us. And, and just, just an FYI, you're, you're one for one this year of attending church. And so y'all are killing it right now. You got perfect attendance at church this year so far. It's an incredible feat for some of you. It's the first time it's ever happened for some of you. And so uh, let, let's continue the streak in the next coming weeks. Uh, I believe that God will do some incredible things. Can you guys help me welcome everybody that's watching online, everybody at our Lighthouse Point location. Man, we're so glad you guys are joining with us. And I'm excited for this new year. I'm excited for what God wants to do. I, I believe that, that, I, that I have a word for us here today as a church. And I believe that it's, it's going to encourage you and it's going to challenge you at the same time. And, and it might even just like kick you in the throat. I don't know about you, but I, I just feel like sometimes in the beginning of the year, you, you need a good challenge. You need some encouragement. But more than anything, you need a kick in the throats. It's a coastal thing. If this, if you're a guest here with us, just let us. Just we're just gonna let you know that we'll kick you in the throat, not not physically, but metaphorically, here in a really good spiritual way. And uh, I, I I really do believe that God has put something on my heart for us as a church that is is going to be challenging and encouraging. And and it got me thinking about. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but it, have you ever been in your car? And thought it was in drive, but it was actually in, re in reverse and, and, and never punched the gas. Okay. Anybody ever had it, 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 thought it was in reverse, but it was really in drive and punched the gas? Come on. Where, where are my honest people at? If you've done either one of those scenarios, come on. Raise your hands. I, I've got both of my... Okay. Quite a few of us are honest. A lot of other people are just straight up liars. And... Uh, I, I, I don't know about you, but, but I have done this multiple times in my life. In fact, the first car that I learned how to drive on was a 1983 633 CSI BMW. And it was back in the day when, when and it was a five-speed, and, and they had reverse right next to first gear. Does anybody remember five-speeds with reverse next to first gear? And so you would put it, you would think that it was in reverse, but it was really in first and you'd be in the garage trying to back out. And, and because I was learning how to drive, you know, I, I would be putting too much gas on as I was letting go of the clutch. And, and I would have my head turned like I was going in reverse. And, and, and I ran into the, the kitchen, you know what I'm saying? Anybody? And, and those are not very good times. And, and here's what I think. I, I think that that's kind of like how life has been over the past couple of years. A lot of us, we thought that we were going forward, but in reality, we were in reverse. And a lot of others of us, we thought we were in reverse, but we were actually going forward. And it's been a lot of starting and it's been a lot of stopping. It's been a lot of beginning and it's feel like a lot of ending. It's been, it's been I'm going on vacation and all of a sudden the vacation's canceled. Come on, somebody. And, and it's in those moments where they're starting and they're stopping and there's, I think I'm going forward, but in reality, I'm going in reverse that, that we can get into this state where I, I believe a lot of psychologists would say that we can get in this state where we're, we aren't just, we, we aren't excelling in life. We're actually in this state of, of languishing. 
if we aren't careful, we can begin to, to go, well, I'm just going to settle. It's not that we aren't thriving in life. It's not that we don't have vision for our future. It's not that, that we, we are depressed. It's just that we just kind of are. It just kind of is. We're just kind of there. there. There's no passion inside. There's no brighter future for tomorrow. There, there, there's no believing God for bigger and greater things. And it's just kind of like, I, I, I don't want to hit the gas because I don't know whether I'm going forwards or I'm going backwards. And I think for some of us, that's just where life has kind of gotten us to. And honestly, it's not that Things are necessarily bad. It's not like the marriage is bad, but it's also not good. So I'm just going to settle for where it is. Yeah. It's not like my finances are a mess, but my finances also aren't thriving, but I, I'm just going to settle right there. It's not like I don't know God because I do know God, but I don't have the passion for him that I used to. So I'll just kind of settle here. And so what happens for a lot of us is we're just in this state where we are languishing. And I feel like I'm on assignment here today from God to kind of just jar you out of this state to say that this is the year that's going to be different, that this is going to be the year that there's going to be some advancement in our life, that it, it's time to sit with it where we say that no matter what's happening around me, no matter what's going on in the news, no matter what other people are post, posting on Facebook, no matter how hard or difficult life is moving, whether I'm going to go uphill with God or not, I'm going to move forward with everything that I have, like I'm going to advance this year. I actually looked at the, the definition of the word advance and it says to move forward in a purposeful way. See, I think a lot of us, we, we're moving. We're just not moving in a purposeful way. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of activity. There's a lot of it's, it's almost like you're trying to go somewhere. The problem is you're running on a treadmill. There's a lot of activity going on, but there is no progress. And I think that we've got to get a mindset of, no, no, no. I, I, this is not going to be a year of lack of progress. This is going to be a year of purposeful movement towards the thing that God has for me. And, and really, God was inspiring me uh, through this in, in a book of the Bible that the Apostle Paul wrote called Philippians. And it comes out of Philippians chapter 3, starting in verse 12. And he says, this is what he says. He says, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or I've already reached perfection. He's like going, hey, I'm not there yet. He says, but I press on to possess the perfection for which Christ first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I've not achieved it. But I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead i press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which god through christ jesus is calling us then he says this in verse 15 which i think is crazy he says let who are all who are spiritually mature agree on these things if you disagree on some point i believe god will make it plain to you and and paul is being a little tongue-in-cheek here at the very end he's like hey if you're mature you're gonna agree with me if you're not mature god will work that out in you 
And let me just say this today. If you're mature, you're going to... I'm just kidding. I'm not, I'm not going to say that. That would that'd be true, but not very nice. I'm just kidding. Here, here's what I want to get in your spirit today, church. For all of you at Lighthouse Point, this is what I want you to grab hold of today. Is that I'm going to forget what is behind. And I'm going to advance forward into the high calling that God has for my life this year. I want you to get that grit inside of you where you're like, it, it doesn't matter what is going on. I'm going to advance no matter what. I'm talking about the, the deep part of you where when you get knocked down or you're in this depressed state, you're going, you know what? I'm not going to settle for this place. I'm not going to settle for anything less than God's best in my life. I'm going to press on because I'm not focusing on all these other things. I'm going to focus on the one thing that is ahead of me. And it's the high calling that God has got for my life. It doesn't matter how many obstacles are in the way. It doesn't matter if there's an obstacle every two miles. I am going to press on and I'm going to advance and I'm going to see all that God has for me. And so I want to challenge us here today, church, to, to move forward in, in, in a couple of different areas. I want, to, I want to challenge us to have some advanced movement in our lives in five areas. And the first one is this. If you're taking notes, which I want to encourage you to take notes. Uh, we're a note-taking church. So for all those that take notes, go ahead and get your pens out. For the, all those that don't take notes, go ahead and get that pen out. And take some notes here today to help you this year. Number one, have a forward focus. Some of us in here, we aren't moving and we aren't advancing because we're waiting for everything to be perfect in life. And the problem with waiting for everything to perf be perfect in life is that you will always be waiting. Like, you have to advance forward even though there's imperfect progress at times. That's why Paul said in verse 12, I don't mean that I've already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection. He's going, I don't have it all together. He says, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ first possessed me. He says, not that I've achieved it, but I focus, like I have, I have this focus in my life on one thing, forgetting the past, and looking forward to what lies ahead. One commentator in the original language says, says that Paul would have been saying this with such force. Like he would have been screaming this at the top of like, man, I focus on one thing. It's the only thing that matters. Like, I'm not getting pulled to the left. I'm not getting pulled to the right. I'm not getting pulled back. I am moving forward into the upward call of Jesus Christ. I'm not letting anything in life distract me. I'm not letting the latest news feed. I'm not letting the, the post on social media. But I'm focusing on the thing which lies ahead. He's saying, I'm not letting my past mistakes get me off kilter or my past success. But I'm focusing on this one thing. And here's what I'm praying for, for some of you here today. Is that you would forget what is behind you and focus on what is ahead of you. That, that you would get a, a, a sort of spiritual amnesia in your life. That we would have this men in black moment where I just hold up the thing. Some of y'all don't have any idea what I'm talking about. It was a movie. 
the late 90s. Showing my age there. But honestly, for some of us, it's our past failures. And the enemy of our soul is continually reminding us of all the ways that we fail. We go, you know what? God could never use me. Like God would never want to use me because of X, Y, and Z. And Paul is going, no, 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 I forget my past. I, I forget the fact that I was a murderer. I forget the fact that I persecuted the church. I forget the fact that I, I had people in prison. No, I forget all of my past and I look forward to the high calling that God has for my life. And listen, you can't allow your past mistakes to determine your destiny. Right. Why? Because God's mercies are new every single morning. Great is his faithfulness. But I would also say that some of you need to forget your past successes. Because a lot of us, what we think is because I've been successful in the past, my past success will cause me to be successful in the future. And the only reason you ever need to look at your past success is to remind you of the grace and mercy of God. And when you think about your past success, it should cause you to worship God for all that he's done in your life. So we have to forget what is behind us. And, and Paul is saying it, it, it's the opposite of remembering. Now, some of you are like TJ, man, that high school education is paying off right there. The opposite of remembering, you're teaching deep theology here. But, but, but I, I want to get this in you because biblical remembering is important. It's this idea of, of you going back and digging up something of your past to bring it into your present because it has potency in your life. It's, it's like, I want to remember the goodness of God. And so I go into my past and I dig up when God was good to me so I can magnify and glorify him because it will remind me to have faith for today and a hope for tomorrow. And Paul is saying, but, but the opposite of biblical remembering is forgetting. Because if we don't forget, then what we'll have a tendency to do is we'll have a tendency to go and dig up our past mistakes our past failures and will bring them into our present and it will keep us fearful and it will keep us anxious it will keep us captive from all the things that God has for our lives that's why Paul is saying no no, no. this one thing I do this one thing that I do I forget my past and I look forward to the high calling that God has for me. Man, I forget about the persecution. I, I, I forget about the shipwreck. I forget about all the successes. I forget about the church plans. I forget about this healing because this one thing I'm doing, I'm advancing to what God has for me. And some of us here today, what we are in need of is we are in need of a forward focus. We need to be like what Proverbs says, to let our eyes look straight ahead, to gaze directly in front of us. Because there are so many things in life that are wanting us to look to the left. They're wanting us to look to the right. They're wanting us to look behind and distract us from the thing that God has for our lives. And we, we, we need to get some blinders on like racehorses. And just go, no, 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 this is the race that I'm running. It doesn't matter what's happening over here with this horse or over here or behind me. I'm moving towards the call. And here's what I realized, that some of us, we struggle with the difference between nostalgia and gratitude. 
See, the difference between nostalgia and gratitude, gratitude is when you look back and it causes you to worship God for who he is and what he's done. The problem is, is a lot of us live in nostalgia instead of gratitude. And what we're doing is we're looking back and going, man, I wish I was back in those days. I wish it was back when I was 22 years old and I had the, the world by something. I don't know what I had the world by, but it was awesome. I'm just going to leave that there. We got to have a forward focus. Number two, have a forward pursuit. He says, I press on towards the goal. See, what Paul had is Paul had this, this lean in his spirit. He, he had this, 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 this posturing of, man, pursuit. Let me, let me say it like this. Like, I don't know what progress you'll make this year, but here's what I do know. I know what posture you're going to need to make it. You're going you're gonna to have to have this, this lean in your spirit. Listen, and, and here's the deal. The pursuit is on you. The progress is on God. Like, we don't determine what kind of progress we make, but we do determine what kind of pursuit we have. And so we need to have this lean in our spirit where we go, man, God, I, I, I'm going to go after you with all that I have. I'm going I'm to lean into everything that you have for me this year. I'm going to pursue you with everything that I've got. And a lot of us, we love the idea of the word, oh, I'm going to go forward. But a lot of us, we're, we're going, we're just not going anywhere. Like, there's a lot of movement, but there's not a lot of progress. Because there isn't this lean in your spirit. And, and, and the reason why is because you come into church and you go, I know everything that's going on up there. Like, and, and here's the problem. A lot of us are way more educated than we are obedient. And so you go, well, I know all those verses. In fact, I've got all those verses memorized and all those things. But, but there's no lean in your spirit going, man, you know what, God? I, I, I want to press into you this year. Like, God, I want to love you with all of my heart, all of my soul, all of my strength, with all that I am. Like, I want more of you. It's one of the reasons why in the beginning of every year we do 21 days of prayer and fasting. It's because it's helping us create a posture where we go, God, I'm not going to sit back and wait on you. I'm going to lean into you to kind of to get everything that you've got from me this year. And I'm going to make some some tangible changes to pursue you. And I'm not saying like you have to go do everything. But I think the best way to pursue God is, is to sacrifice some things in your life to spend that time with him. And so. So I want to encourage you, church, be a part of prayer and fasting every, every morning from 6.30 a.m. to 7.30 a.m., whether you're in Lighthouse Point or right here in Parkland, we'll be having early morning prayer in here. There'll be some prayer uh, guys that are out there. In fact, on every one of your chairs, some of you are like, I don't even know how to pray. Here's a book that will teach you how to pray. It'll give you model prayers that you can pray through, that you can utilize. We will help you in your pursuit of God. And here's what I know is that if you'll sacrifice something, you'll go, you know what, this for the next 21 days, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna get off social media and I'm gonna pursue God. I bet you it'll help some people in their pursuit of God. 
Well, Pastor TJ, I don't have time. Well, cut TV out of your life. You'll be amazed at how much time you have. Some of y'all will be like, man, I have way more time than I realized. And watch what happens as you sacrifice something that you enjoy for a relationship that can change everything in your life. Getting God's word for 21 days, I promise you, you'll see God like you've never seen him before. Spend some time in prayer. And, and, and we got to have this forward pursuit. So I want you to have a forward focus. I want you to have a forward pursuit. Number three, I want you to have a forward faith. In other words, there is something greater. Faith is saying, I'm believing God for something so much more. That, that isn't, that where I'm at, it isn't the ending, but there is something more here for me. And I love this verse in Exodus. It's actually... In the story where the children of Israel are leaving Egypt after 400 years of being enslaved. And, and they're at this point where Moses is leading the children right after the, he has gone to Pharaoh and said, let my people go. And, and God has performed these miraculous signs and wonders. Pharaoh has eventually let, it, let them go. They're on a journey to the promised land, which is the land that we all want to get to in our life. It's our destiny. It's our purpose. It's the promised land. And as they're on their way. Three days in, they, they run up against the Red Sea. The Red Sea is in front of them. And at the same point, Pharaoh has realized that his entire working army has, has left him. So he's coming after them because he needs his workforce back to do all the labor of the land. And so Pharaoh's army is pursuing them. And so the children of Israel are in this spot where it's kind of like a rock in a hard place. And, and they start crying out to God. And they start crying out to Moses like going, God, why did you bring us here? And we all look at that and go like, Man, why would you ever do that? But here's what I know. The moment that we get in a rock and a hard place, we start crying out to God. God, did you bring me here to die? And God speaks to Moses in Exodus chapter 14, verse 15. And he says, and the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go. Come on, what's that word? Forward. Come on, give it to me one more time. Forward. Forward. I think sometimes God is asking us, like, why are you praying about that when I've already given you the instruction for it? Because listen, the promises of God are yes and amen. And God has never failed on any promise that he's ever put out there. And if God has ever said it to you or decreed it to you, then you should have a forward faith to step into everything that he's called you to do. And I want some of you guys this year, in fact, I don't want some of you, I want all of you guys this year to have a forward faith. And a forward faith requires steps of faith. It requires you to step into some things that are not known. And some of you guys are like, well, I'll step as soon as I have the entire plan. Well, then you'll never step. Because I've just realized that God only gives us glimpses of our future. He, he, he never reveals the whole plan up front. That's why I love like the story of Joseph. What you see in the story of Joseph is God gives him the, the vision of, of what could be and should be for his life. And then he shuts, the, he shuts the curtain on the dream. 
Why? Because if God laid out everything of the dream in front of you, as you would start to look at what you would go through, you'd go like, nope, that's not for me. That must be somebody else's dream. I don't want all that hardship. I don't want all that pain. I don't want all that sacrifice. And we would walk ourselves out of the purpose that God has for us. And God, that's why God goes, no, no, I'm going to give you a glimpse so you have enough room to take your next step. That's why I think metaphorically, like some of the verses in, in, in the Bible are so great. Like his word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Because if you've ever been out in the dark and you've had a lamp, you know that it only lights like one or two steps in front of you. Some of us are like, we, we want that scripture to be like, your word is a spotlight unto my path and, and a chopper with a big old light to my life, right? Like we, we wanna see everything, but that's not what scripture says. And some of us in here, we're languishing today because we haven't obeyed what God has already said to us. There isn't a forward faith there in our life to go, God, you spoke, so I'll step. And we need to get this mentality where we go, God, you speak, I step. You spoke, I step. You speak, I step again. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to keep stepping as long as you keep speaking. Because I'm going to trust that what you have said is calling me to something more. That's why Paul says, man, I press on. I keep moving forward into the high calling that God has for my life. He knew he was taking some steps towards something greater. And he says, man, I haven't gotten there yet. I haven't arrived. I haven't achieved it, but I haven't figured it all out, but I press on. Some of y'all are like, well, well, pastor, you know what? When my life gets all cleaned up, I will press on. No, no, no. You want to know how you become mature? You take steps of faith. And as you take steps of faith, God begins to mature you. Some of you are waiting until you, well, when I, when I understand all of this, then I will do something. Well, you're never going to do anything. Because I've been doing this for 20 plus years and I still don't understand half this stuff. Just being honest. Like, I don't have it all figured out. I just go, you know what, God, you said something, I'm going for it. And can I tell you something, church? I am more determined than ever to be advancing in faith to do everything that God wants me to do personally and God wants us to do as a church. I'm telling you that, that God is building the church and I'm not just talking about this church, I'm talking about the big C church. Don't believe the news that they're saying the church is dying and the church is dead. All the research says, man, that Gen X and Gen Z and the millennials and the upcoming generation, they are hungrier for God than there have ever been, that people are pursuing God like never before, that there is a hunger and thirst for righteousness. It's, you wanna know who hasn't come back? is the baby boomers. They got fat and complacent, sipping their Mai Tais at the golf course. I'm just telling you, like, God is going to build his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And he's going to build it with people that have a forward kind of faith in their life. And I don't know if you realize this, but gates are not offensive weapons. Like, I've never seen anybody pick up a gate and run into battle like, I'm going to get you. Like, anybody ever seen that? No movie shows gods running into battle with gates. Why? 
Because gates are meant to keep something out. What it's saying is that, is that this year we're going to have a forward faith to go, you know what, I'm not going to let the addiction overcome me. No, 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 I'm going to go kick down the gates of addiction because that's what the church of Jesus Christ is called to do. I'm not going to have a mediocre marriage. I'm going to go kick down the divisiveness and I'm going to believe God for greater things for my marriage. Like, I'm not going to settle the next generation isn't going to know God. No, I'm going to go kick down the gates of hell because it will not prevail against a church that has forward faith. Listen, Jesus is building his church and you're his church. And he wants it to advance. And we got to have a forward faith that God has said it. Man, we're going to step into it. Number four, you got to have a forward together. I love this quote by John Maxwell. He says, one is too number, too small of a number to achieve greatness. Great lives, great churches, they aren't built on the talents of a few, but they're built on the sacrifice and the lives of a lot of people. And I've just realized that you can't do anything in life of real value by yourself. I think that's why Paul puts it in here in verse 15 of Philippians chapter 3. He says, let all. He doesn't say some. He says, let all who are spiritually mature agree on these things. And here's the interesting thing. He wasn't talking about uniformity here. He was talking about unity. He wasn't saying like, hey, check your uniqueness of who you are at the door. He's saying, no, 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 what, what we have to do is we have to focus on this one thing. Right. Forgetting what's behind and pressing on to the upward call. Because I don't know if you've noticed this, but if you look around to the, the people around you, you have people around you that are, that are, that are different races, different backgrounds, socioeconomically. They might vote differently than you. God, for, God forbid somebody that votes different next to me. <laughs> they have different career paths than you. There are a lot of differences in the room. But I love what an old Baptist preacher I heard once say. He said, the ground at the cross is level. Doesn't matter who you are or where you're from or what you've done. The cross is available to all. And here's the whole thing. We don't, we don't have to all think alike and be alike and, and act alike. What we have to do is we have to forget the past and focus on this one thing. The upward call that Christ has for us. Because we're pressing on to that which is ahead. About a month ago, we had our uh, foster son, Alexander, over at our house. And, and while he was at our house, one of the things he loves to do is he loves to play with Legos. Any, any, any parents have kids with Legos out there? Legos, I swear, are from the devil. Like, it's the devil's tool to, to punish parents. And, and, uh, and so, so one of the things he loves to do is he, we, we, like, build these towers. And then, then, like, he drives his car into it and smashes it. And then I, we build it again. And, and so we were doing that 
late in the evening and he, he had broke it up and we, we had built it back. But when he had broke it, he likes to destroy it. So it goes like all over the house. Anybody ever experienced that? And so like uh, we, we pick up all the pieces. And unfortunately, I, I, I missed one of the pieces. And, uh, and so we put him to bed and we went to bed because we, we're, we're, we're old and we go to bed at like nine o'clock. And, so, uh, and, and so I have a tendency to get up really early in the morning, sometime between four and 4.30 a lot of the time. And and so it was Saturday morning, and so I was waking up, and the house is quiet, and it's dark, and 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 I don't know if you've ever stepped on a Lego at <laughs> four in the morning, but I'll just tell you, you don't shout hallelujah. <laughs> I wish that those were the words that came out of my mouth. They they were they were some words that I had to ask for some forgiveness from. <laughs> Not perfect. I'm just letting you know that. I'll struggle too. Okay. And it got me thinking. Why is it the peace that's always separated becomes the stumbling block? I think the same thing is true in church. When we get outside of the community... What happens is, is we end up becoming this stumbling block. And listen, I, I, I get it. I, just, I know why it become, you become a stumbling block. Why you get outside is because you want to be a part of the set, but you just want to be on top of the set. But here's the thing. We need all of us to be a part of this set. The Bible talks about it. There's, there's, some of us are hands and some of us are feet. Some of us are kidneys. Some of us are eyeballs. Some of us are toenails. And listen, we need every single part. Because I don't know if you've ever seen somebody without toenails. It's weird. here's what I know is that the Bible actually says that there's a blessing when we come together. The Bible actually commands a blessing when we come together. And this is why the enemy doesn't have to throw your life away or have you go off of the deep end. He just has to get you focused on the little itty bitty things that don't matter for eternity. Because we get so focused, well, I don't like what that person said to me, or I, I, I don't like the songs that they played at this location. I'm going to go to the other location, and I'm going to do this. Well, no, no, no. We're focused on things that don't matter for eternity. We need to have a, a, a togetherness, a forward together. Because there's too much at stake. Eternity's at stake. Lives are at stake. The next generation is at stake. And I want to encourage you, church, don't get caught up in the cesspool of pettiness in life. Because we've got a great work to do, a work that will last for eternity, a work that matters for people's lives. Number five, I've got to finish up real fast because I'm about out of time. We've got to have a forward vision. Got to have a forward vision. Listen, don't just have a resolution this year. Have a vision this year. Like, what is it at the end of 2023 that you want to see God do in your life? The, the Bible says in Proverbs 29, 18, where there is no vision, the people perish. So what is that vision for your marriage? 
What is that forward vision for your children? What is that forward vision for your finances? What is that forward vision for your career? I, like, what is that forward vision for your dreams? Listen, I'm not here to preach a message that, that, that builds the church. I'm here to preach a message that will build you this year. So what is the vision that God needs to speak to you about how you are to move forward this year. Habakkuk says it like this, and God answered, write the vision, write what you see, write it out in big block letters so that it can be read on the run. Why would you be running? Because you're pressing on. And you need to have something in front of you that's telling you where you're going, otherwise you'll just run after anything. That's why some of us are languishing because we've been running after this thing and that thing instead of running towards the thing that God has put in our hearts. I've lived by a statement for the past 20 something years. It was said by Andy Stanley a long time ago. He, he says it like this. He said, the clearer the vision, the fewer the options, the easier the decision. The more clarity you get on, God, what do you want to see in my marriage this year? The more clarity you get on your finances this year, the more clarity you get on your parenting this year, then every opportunity, the clearer that is, then when options come along, it's really easy. You look at that option and it goes, does that take me to my vision or does that take me away from my vision? If it takes me towards my vision, I say yes to that. Anything that doesn't, I say no. It makes the decision super easy and if we're going to advance this year man we've got to get a vision not just for the overarching view of our life but the most important parts of our life because I believe that God has great plans for you he has great plans for your family for your career for your finances for your health and I want to see you accomplish everything that God has for you but what that means is that we've got to take the time to get clarity of what God really wants so that we can pursue what God wants instead of what we've wanted, which has caused us so much languish in our lives. Would you guys bow your heads and pray with me? God, we're so thankful that you're a God that, that has a plan for us. That you're a God that, that wants us to forget the past, to, to stop looking back at what was or what happened or what could have been or what did happen and, and, and to start looking forward to all that you have for us. And I pray that this year, God, this would be a year where we, where we get some forward focus, where we get uh, uh, so focused on, on what you have for us and that we would get clarity on the vision that you have and that we would begin to take steps of faith together, believing that the best is yet to come, that we're not a summary of our past, that we're the hope of our future, and that God, that you would speak to us, that you would reveal yourself to us, and that we would experience all that you have for our lives. But God, I also know that maybe there's some people in here that they didn't know that there's a God that loves them so much that he actually has a vision for their lives. That he saw you in the middle of your, your, your anguish and languishing in this world, going from here to there and said, you know what? I'm tired of you staying in your mess and I've got a message for you. And he sent his message 2,000 years ago through his son, Jesus Christ. That for God so loved you that he gave the most precious and amazing gift of his son. That whoever believes in him 
They don't, have to, they don't have to languish any longer, but they can actually experience life and experience it to the fullness, not because of rules or religion, but because they can know their heavenly Father who created them and made them and wants to lead them and guide them in life. And maybe you're out there today and you've never began a relationship with God by surrendering your will and your way to the death and resurrection of his son Jesus who paid the ultimate price on Calvary for you. And maybe today you need to make that decision. It begins with a simple yet significant prayer of surrender. And if that's you with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you just slip your hands on the count of three, I'll pray a prayer that changes everything for everybody. One, two, three. Go ahead and slip those hands up. Yes, ma'am, I see you. Thank you. Anybody else? Lighthouse Point. If you just pray this prayer, oh, I see you over there. Thank you. Two. If you pray this prayer in your heart as I pray it out loud, say, God, thank you for loving me. Thank you for meeting me here right now in this moment, not to leave me languishing in life, but so that you can give me life and give it to me eternally. I ask you to forgive me of my past, change my present, and secure my future. Thank you for your death of your son so that I could experience life and have it more abundantly. God, I surrender my will. I surrender my way. I love you. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. 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 Hey.